missing your work of faith, labour of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of our God and our Father. Today, these three pillars, I believe, are essential to living a cool Christian life. A life that Paul talks about. And so today I want to run over these just quickly in the short time that we have. The first one is faith. Uh, I love faith. Every Christian, I believe, should have faith. This is the number one thing, I believe, as a Christian, if you're going to live the full potential that God has called you to live, you have to have faith within your life. Is that faith is this. Faith says God can be trusted. He will do all that He promises to do. Faith can be trusted and He will do all that He promises to do. I love coming into Faith, Love, Hope season because I love the catchphrases that we've put on this. The first one is faith. Faith dares to believe. My my question to you, church, is do you dare to believe God? Faith goes just beyond believing, though. So I believe this is that faith is an action word. Why? Because you've got to trust God at His word. Now on that. Wow, that's a novelty. Trusting God at His word. Who, when was the last time you trust God at His word? Have you thought about trusting God? Well, some of us read the Bible, but we don't actually take hold of the words that are in the Bible and apply it to our life. How different would your life look if you actually took the words from the Bible, the promises, the principles, and applied them to your life? How different would your life look right now? Is it, but today it's hard to understand faith? Is it when you look at it from a worldly context and you hear the word faith, automatically you start to think of a religion? But but faith is more than a religion. Faith is this. Faith is where we come and we put our trust in God. We come and put our trust in God. Faith is this. Faith is a confidence or a trust in a person or a thing. Faith in another ability. For us, we come and put our faith in God. We come and put our faith in Jesus Christ. It's a belief that sometimes isn't based upon proof. Sometimes I read the Bible and I'm like, whoa. Sometimes I just have to believe. I just have to have faith. Sometimes you doubt, I don't understand everything. But sometimes if we understood God, then we're putting him in a box. If you understand all the ways of God, I would ask you to have a look again. But the true meaning and value of faith has rapidly lost its meaning in a world driven by privileges over principles. To have faith in someone's word seems to have little value now. Have you noticed that? Most in this room have been let down by someone. 
And what I find is this, is that to us to have faith in God, sometimes we step in and we can't have faith in Him because we've been let down by those we've had faith in in the natural realm. Think about it. Some of us at one time have been let down by someone's word not matching up to their actions. A friend, a peer, politician, never. (laughs) Someone we look up to. Your father, your mother. And and what happens is, is, is we may believe them, but But because they've let us down, because they've hurt us, because they haven't come through with their action, we ask the question is, can they truly be trusted? And so for some of us, we take that perception of of our relationship with them and we we put it into a relationship with God and, and we ask the questions, yeah, God, I have faith in you, but can I trust you? I remember growing up as a kid, I had a a step-granddad, and it was great because he owned a farm, and we'd always go to the farm, and I was like five to ten years old, and we'd go and hang out all the time, and and I remember times where we'd drive around in his little daddo ute, because it was back in the 80s. It was a machine, rust holes everywhere. You know, you had to have faith to get into that thing, <laughs> just for it to make it. And we would travel 50 miles because he had a couple of farms and whatnot. But, but I, I remember jumping in there and I, I'd always love it because you would jump in and you'd be listening to ABC all the way, news and the cricket, and you, you, you know, you'd build memories on those things. But, but I, I remember back then when it come to buying a farm or it come to buying any bit of machinery or, or whatever, is that a man's word was his word. Is that there was actually faith in what they spoke. And I I remember him going to a place and buying machinery just with the word of his mouth and a handshake. Recently, I I just tried buying a car. (laughs) It takes more than a handshake. Who knows that? (laughs) They want everything. They They want all your bank accounts. They want Tax return, they, they want everything. They even want your mother-in-law. You know, I want to shake the hand of the guy that sat because made that up. That is a brilliant idea. Like, we gave her, we kept Carolina's and gave her mine. But anyway, but, but sometimes we wonder, and back in the day, is it, but today, what happens is we, we take, our relationships and the way that people have let us down and we take that into our faith and our relationship with God. And when it comes to reading His Word, we read it through the perception of, yeah, God, I believe, but can you be trusted? Can you be trusted? Can you be trusted to do all that you say you would do? I remember listening to a guy, Lester Summerald, and he started an aid organisation where he had a huge ship called Zoe and he had medical relief and he would take it into Africa and then he'd have planes that would fly in and drop food and things like that. And He was a, he was a uh, media guy over in, in uh, the UK and owned a number of you know, uh, radio stations. And 
one day I was listening to him and um, I was sitting there just listening and watching him because he came and preached at uh, Carindale when I was a young kid. And as I was listening to him and hearing his stories, he, he told one story of a time where his mentor was, um, was uh, Smith Wigglesworth, the great healing evangelist. And this man would see healings like you wouldn't believe. He would pray for the sick. He would raise people from the dead. And, and one day, Lester Summerwood went to, went to see him and went to say hi. And he, he turned up at his door. And he knocked on the door with a newspaper under his arm. And, and he waited for a moment as Smith Wigglesworth came to the door. And Smith Wigglesworth opened the door. And as he had the newspaper under his arm, Smith Wigglesworth says, Hey, come in but leave those lies at the door. So Lester Summerall, he's standing there and he's like, well, you're not bringing the newspaper in. So he had to leave the newspaper at the door and step in. My question to you today is what lies that people have spoken about you do you need to leave at the door? is that when you step into this building, step into this place of worship, what lies do you need to leave at the door? Those things that have maybe been spoken over you as a young person. Maybe it was a teacher, maybe it was a parent. What are those lies? What, what are those things that you're, you're looking for? Right now, I believe if Mr. Goldsworth was alive, he would say, you need to leave your iPhone at the door. <laughs> Oh, everyone have a look around. Who's on Facebook right now? <laughs> but, but you look at some of these guys that are full of faith. Yeah. Yeah. That, that have this spirit that, you know what, God can do every, anything. Those ones that are like, you know, I, I believe Him. I believe Him at His Word. He can be trusted. And time and time again... You see miracles take place. What lies do you need to leave at the door? Rejection, self-worth, trust, issues. But the question is, what truths do you need to pick up? It's one thing to leave the lies at the door. But it's another thing to pick up the truth. What are those things that you need to pick up? What are those words that are spoken? What are those words in the Bible? What are those truths? What are those principles that you need to pick up? In my Bible, it tells me who I am. For some of us right here, we need to try and find out who we are. And one way to do it is actually pick up the Bible and find out who He says we are. If you read through it, it says that you are a child of God. You are a new creation. You are forgiven. You are healed. You are blessed. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You are more than a conqueror. You are victorious. You are complete in Him. You are alive in Christ. You are called by God. You are chosen by God. You are the apple of my Father's eye. How many of us actually believe those things? Who actually walked through those doors victorious? 
who actually walk through those doors saying, you know what, I'm a child of God. He looks upon me, He smiles upon me, He wants the very best for my life, and I will walk in that. My circumstance mightn't tell me that I walk in that. My situation, the things that are going on around my life mightn't say that, but I know that His Word says that. And through faith, I'll believe that. I'll declare that. That's why I love that wall out the back. Because it's declaring to your situation that that you have faith in God and trust in His Word. In my Bible, it tells me who He is. It tells you who you are, but then it tells you who He is. For some of us, we need to leave the lies again at the door of who He is. He isn't a wet blanket. He isn't meek and mild. He has compassion. I look, my God, is the Lord God Almighty. He is the Most High. He is the Lord, the Master, the Lord Jehovah, the Lord of my banner, the Lord my shepherd, the Lord that heals, the Lord that is there, the Lord of our righteousness, the Lord who sacrifices, the everlasting God. He is God. He is jealous. The Lord will provide. He is peace. He is the Lord of hosts. Yeah, he's jealous for you. You have a God that is jealous for you. Do you believe it? Can you look through your situation, your circumstance right now with faith in your heart and say, God, I believe it and I can trust you at your word? Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your path. The key is right there. He shall direct your path. If you acknowledge Him, if you acknowledge Him, He will direct your path. And don't lean on your own understanding. How many of us just lean on our own understanding? I find walking through my life and the decisions that I have to make is that I will always stuff up. I know it's hard to believe. (laughs) Carolina says, no, he never stuffs up. He is perfect. But I do. (laughs) I do. When I don't know something, I search it out. When I don't know something, I go to the Word of God. And I see what the Word of God says and see whether my understanding lines up to the Word of God. I put my faith in His Word. I put my faith in Him. I put my faith in His Holy Spirit that it will speak to me. As I take hold of those things. Faith dares to believe. God dares to believe God. The first pillar to live a full Christian life is to have faith. The second one 
I believe, is love. I find this, is that love is an action rather than an emotion. Love is an action rather than emotion. And just as I'm standing here, I haven't got this in my notes, but, but Carolina was flying back this week. Can I tell them the story? And, and I sent her a text, and I said, oh, I miss you. And, and she was like, in 14 years, in 14 years, she was wondered if I'd ever missed her at all. I, I've actually never expressed those words to her. So it takes your wife being away for two weeks with four kids. And I said, I, I miss you. You're not allowed to cry, because she knows how it ends. And she sends me a text, and she says, what'd you say? That's emotion. <laughs> she thinks, I, I don't really get that emotional. I'm like, yeah, whatever. And she sends me a text, that, that's emotion you're feeling right now. <laughs> and, 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 yeah. See, the young ones that know me, it's like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so I send her one back and I say, no, I'm just tired. <laughs> but there's one thing that I find is this. Is that I believe this is that love is a principle rather than emotion. Is that sometimes if we're ruled by our emotions all the time, we'll be thrown to and fro. I, I believe that Jesus, he was filled with compassion. He was never really, you know, and he had emotion, but he had compassion for the loss. Yes. He'd always pull away, but then he would see the lost. He would see the hurt, and he'd always have compassion. So it was out of compassion that he showed love. Ephesians 5, 2. It says, mostly what God does is love you. Keep good company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not courteous, but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give something of himself to us. Love like that. We don't give out of need. We give out of purpose. I, I believe this is that giving is an action of love. It's one of our faith, love, hope statements. But I, I believe with all my heart that we don't give out of a need, we give out of a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Is that we give out of a purpose to see lives change. We give out of a purpose to see healing come. We give out of a purpose to see miracles take place. We give out of a purpose to see God's Word preached. We give out of a purpose to see... We give out of purpose. For God so loved the world that He gave His Son. He gave out of purpose. Giving His life so you and I could be in a relationship with God. He gave out of purpose. The cross, you look at it, wasn't convenient. You know, the cat of nine tails on the back, you know, that would have been uncomfortable. Just a little. Like... Sometimes I think we can't comprehend. 
He gave out of purpose, a love for you and I so that something could be given back to us. The crown of thorns placed upon his head. That would have hurt. If the cat of nine tails didn't hurt, that certainly would. But then, you know, just to top it off, here we go. Carry a cross, carry a piece of, carry some timber through a city. Beaten, hurt, bloody. And then let's nail him to a cross. You know, for some of us, we think sacrifice, or as he puts it, extravagant love is this, is taking our wife to see the notebook. <laughs> Guys, you know what I'm saying. For some of us, we think sacrifice is giving up four cups of coffee a week to look after a sponsor kid. Some of us think that's extravagant. Yeah, that's good, that's well-meaning. <laughs> or changing a dirty nappy. You know those ones that no one wants to change. <laughs> like yesterday. Friday. I had one to change in a restaurant. So I decided, well, they didn't have any change tables, so I decided to walk back to the car. It was probably about 500 metres or more uphill. I took young Jesse and left the rest. And as I'm walking up, another explosion happened. Let's just say... I had to wash all my clothes, change a whole kid. And that's not sacrifice. Some of us think, well, you know what, I've sacrificed for you, babe. I've changed the baby. I've had to change my clothes, his clothes, and everything else. But extravagant love sacrifices doing something that hurts. Doing something... When was the last time you actually did something that hurts? Wow. When was the last time you actually went out of your way for someone else that could do you nothing in return? When was the last time you were in that moment where you could bless someone that you may never ever meet again? When was the last time you gave something of yourself, your time, your talent and your treasure? I love seeing the musos here. I love seeing the host team because they're saying, here, we're here. We're going to sacrifice. We're going to give of our time for the kingdom of God. We're going to give of our time so someone else can feel the love of Christ, so someone else can be imparted to, so someone else, where they walk into this room, the heavens will be open and the Spirit of God would dwell here. I tell you, sometimes it hurts getting up really early. Hey, Josh. Congratulations to Sharon and Chris with their newborn. Hey. How good's that? 
the little puppy popped out, Madison. Friday, wasn't it? Or Thursday? The 17th. And they're in church. How's that? Commitment. Commitment. But when, when was the last time? Let's face it, Christianity isn't convenient. But it's worth it. Christianity, I just want to let you know, Christianity, it's not going to be convenient, but it's worth it. But it is worth it. It was out of his purpose, not his need, to connect you and I back to a heavenly father. It was out of his purpose. This is the one of the primary reasons why the church exists today, is to connect people back to a heavenly father. God is never trying to take something or things from you. He's always trying to get something to you. Giving is an action of love. Giving is an action of love. It's not about how much. It's not about what you give. It's just about being part of it. Just about being part of it. What what can you do for those around you? What can you do this week for someone What love can you show? Because it says that the disciples, they were known for their love for one another and the love for those around them. And the last one, I believe, is one of the life pillars is hope. Hope. Hebrews 10, 23 to 25. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as in the matter of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see with the day approaching. When I talk about hope and when I look at a biblical perspective of hope, it's... It's not one that is wishy-washy. It's not something is that I hope something would happen. It's not a hope of I wish upon a star. Biblical hope is an assurance. I look at this as that Jesus is the hope of the world. He is hope. It's an assurance, it's a confidence, it's an expectation of I know something is going to happen. We read the encounters through the Bible and the New Testament of people that encountered Jesus. The woman with the issue of blood. Right there. She was believing she had faith in her heart. She had hope. And it was just one touch and I'll be set free. Just one touch and I'll be free of this issue of blood. Or another one that says to Jesus, hey, just say the word and my servant will be healed. I have hope in you, Jesus. I have faith that you are who you say you are. Just say the word. 
or another guy. Just come to my house. Just come to my house and my daughter will be made well. Jesus is on his way and he gets a messenger that says, hey, listen, don't worry the master. She's died. He still goes. I believe because this man had hope. He had faith. He had an assurance. He he knew what Jesus could do. The blind man, just, just have mercy on us so we can see. I, I think some of us here in this room just need to ask and, and cry out for that. God, come on, just have mercy on us just so we can see who He is, just so we can see His principles are true, just so we can see His healing touch. the little boy with the loaves and fishes. 5,000 people. The disciples walk up. Jesus like, hey, let's feed these guys. No, we haven't got enough. Let's send them away. It's going to cost us. What do you got? I believe there was a little boy just in earshot listening. He'd heard the stories. He had faith. But now he was like, you know what? I hope. I hope this is the moment. I am sure he'll do something. Uh, he's going to come through. And you know what? I, I'm going to give him what he needs so that he can bless others. Now, I believe he probably tugged on one of the disciples, as kids do. It doesn't say this in the story, but I, some of us that have kids, we know how it works. They tug and he's like, this is what I got. Just give it to him. Don't be they probably tried to discredit him. Jesus sort of, what have you got? Well, this is all we've got. Because Jesus probably heard the kid saying to the disciples, because they're really quiet. <laughs> he lifts it up, he blesses, and just breaks the bread and prays over it. And this little kid's like, yes. was the answer why else would you mention that in the Bible of a little kid each encounter had hope in Jesus to set them free the same as today for anyone that has the same expectation I love how Jesus sets us free but then he flips it He sets us free and then he flips it. And if you've been a Christian long enough, you'll know that he always flips it. He says, go and be. Take that hope to the world. He says, come and partake of me. But you know what? Go, Go and be my disciples. Go into all the world. That assurance, that confidence, that expectation... Most people are going to encounter God, encounter His faith, love and hope through you and I. That's how they're going to encounter it. Through you and I. One smile 
one glance, one listening ear, one helping hand. Through our character, our persona, our integrity, they're going to encounter God through you. Through you. I love Bill Highball's quote, and it's one of my favourite, is that the local church is the hope of the world. Because the first Jesus they ever see is you. When they look into your eyes, who's staring back at them? Hope shouts, it's not over. You have a future. We shout, as a church, it's not over. You have a future. We do that through our, through giving Him praise, through telling of His wonders to testifying. I, we need to fill that glass wall with those things, those praises, those testimonies. We need to come into a place where we have faith in our hearts. And over this next month, you know, it's not really about, you know, it's coming in with faith. It's coming in believing. Faith, love, hope. And if we go back to the first scripture, 1 Thessalonians 1.3, finish on this. Remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labour of love, patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of our God and our Father. I'd just love to bow your heads, close your eyes this morning. First of all, I'd love to give an invitation to those in this room that don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour. That haven't come into a relationship with Him. I would love to pray with you this morning. And if you're sitting here and you're like, Sam, there's something on my heart. I just want to connect with God. I just want to connect with Jesus. This prayer is for you. If you're sitting there this morning and you're like, include me in this prayer while the heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I would love for you just to raise your hand just so I can know who I'm praying with. Yes, over to the side there. Yep, two, yeah. Anyone else? Just as I look around. He's not wanting to get something from you. He's wanting to get something to you. And that's why He gave His Son. His Son was broken. And as Nancy said during communion, the, the body was broken. His blood was so that we could receive healing, so that we could receive a relationship with Jesus. And this morning, if you want to join those two ladies that raised their hand, I just, while the heads are bowed, eyes are closed, just raise it quick. I'll just wait a couple of more seconds. Yes, over to the side. Thank you, mate. Lord God, you see the hands that went up. But Lord God, more than that, look into their hearts. 
Lord God, today I pray that the decision that they're making is to connect with you. And as they lay their life down to you today, as they say, God, I want to connect with you. I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Saviour. Lord God, today I pray that you come and seal it with your Holy Spirit. Lord, that you'll direct their paths. Lord, as they open your word and partake of your words. Lord, let it resonate in their heart. Lord God, let it be from this day forth that they'll be connected in a relationship with you. Today, Father, seal it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen.